0: Some guests, and we're going to want to go deep with our guests, uh, maybe even guests of our guests, uh, if uh, if we play our cards right. So, uh, so Terry, could do you want to introduce? They, this is by virtue of you that we brought some of our friends from the world of Agile to today's call. You want to introduce uh, our guests?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I've been delving into the world of agile for the last year or so. And so over the course of that process, I've connected with folks at Boston University and various other places. And um, so I've been involved in several conferences already with uh, Hana Siddiqui and Willie Wylands. And so I want to invite them today to join us to talk about that. Um, So Hana, can you introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Thank you, Terry and Mike, for having us. Uh, hello and good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're joining us. Hi. Uh, it's great to be here. And so, yes, yeah, so I am, um, I uh, am the founder of Agile Education USA, and I teach uh, at the City University of New York, mostly MBA courses and i've been an agile educator for a couple of years now uh, i'm a certified agile uh it is from teacher and i'm also a licensed uh scrum trainer by scrum inc and my mentors are actually jessica larson and elizabeth uh, fraser is here and my partner uh, uh from new york city and we're working on a few uh projects we're going to be working with uh, new york in new york city colleges schools and colleges sarah palin she's also
0: it's good to be here. and welcome. Awesome, and then Willy, uh, I think you're bringing us home. Uh, can you uh, introduce yourself to our audience?
3: Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Terry, for inviting me. Um, I'm I'm Willy from the Netherlands. Uh, I'm a teacher for 44 years, and over two weeks, I go officially in retirement. And the last year, I this year, 2020. I get a kind of a sabbatical year for my school, so I didn't have to work at school for myself. I'm the founder of Ederscrim. I'm the initial co-creator of light Schools, a new way of ecosystem in the uh, to change education as one uh, I did also working together with agile, agile in education USA uh, agile in education yes and uh, um, I started with Edcrum an adjustment for scrum and education. I call it Edusquem. Uh, now we are busy with I uh, make a lot of trainings all over the world for forty countries already, and uh, step by step it is growing. It is growing and uh, in a good way. Thank you.
1: Great! Thanks so much for introducing yourselves. Oh, Mike, we can't hear you. Uh,
0: that's because okay. I was on mute because I okay. didn't. I didn't want any echo. I'm yes. thinking. I'm thinking of uh, of the audience uh, when I'm muting, and then I'm I'm, I'm showing vulnerability, which also we <laughs> talked about how that is a, a way to build trust. So all this stuff is great, and uh, and we're going to go deep into uh, the world of agile uh, in a bit. I may need to hop off. Uh, my 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 wife just got back, and I'm dealing with a small thing in my house, but um, but yeah, we wanted to talk quickly about uh, some of the topics that are in the world today, and then we were going to dive more into some of the things that uh, that Hannah and Willie were just talking about around Agile. But just in terms of what's going on in the world today, uh, obviously the vaccinations that have begun uh, really at scale in the U.S. I think uh, is one topic that we've been tracking throughout. Uh, Terry, you've also been tracking, uh, we've been talking about your perspective as a political scientist, how the, the U.S. political landscape was going to transform or evolves through through this cycle that's something we've been talking about a bunch and then uh i i need to hop but I, I i'll listen to your answer later uh i'd love to get your perspective on uh the dr jill biden uh scandal uh it's not really a scandal but i think we want to have something to talk about where uh, whether the first lady uh jill biden dr jill biden uh should be using the doctor as her honorific. I'd love to hear some of that. I'm gonna need to hop back, but I'd love to hear a little bit of that from you, uh, Terry.
1: Sure, yeah, well, obviously, you know, this has ruffled a lot of feathers, you know, the whole thing with with Joe Biden. But before I jump into that, I think, um, you know, it's good to talk about what's going on in politics. And it does, of course, have a direct impact on, on higher ed. Um, and, you know, we've seen that the, basically, you know, we're the, as Biden, um, is choosing his cabinet, you know, there's there's clearly going to be pushback from if the Senate remains Republican, there there may be pushback on some of his appointees and and so on. And actually before I go too far, I want to mention to folks, if you're putting things in the comments, I, for some reason, I cannot see the comments. (laughs) So um, my comment uh, is, area is not working. Um, So if you ask a question, if you could use the ask a question button, um, and I'll be able to see that, but Mike should be able to see, and everybody else, I hope, is able to see the comments. Um, in any case, though, the, obviously, our politics is, you know, we, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, you know, divisiveness and, and, you know, issues happening between uh, different groups, and, and, you know, our political divide is ongoing. And so it's definitely going to have a, a broader impact on. Higher Ed and how things look in the future and we're hoping that, you know, we don't see too much gridlock in Congress and actually we're, it looks like there's going to be a new um, rollout of uh, aid by the end of this week. So uh, we're finally seeing some compromise between the house and the Senate on a new aid bill. So I do think that's going to happen uh, now by the end of the week, because they've given in on some of the biggest issues, one of which was liability for corporations. And so the the Republicans are dropping that and the other side of it um, is dropping aid for uh, state and uh, local uh, municipalities. So um, in any case, um, uh, <laughs> yes, thanks. Jack. So I can I can see the questions. Oh, we uh, we lost Willie, but um, so they're in they're any case, coming. yes, Willie is still there. He's just off screen. Um, so in any case, and we have Mike back, so now I can talk about Joe Biden. So um, yeah, I I think that the using the doctor honorific is you know it's something we've earned, right? And so I it's funny because this issue came up a couple. I think it's been a year or two on Twitter where, and so basically all the women I know who have a doctorate or have put in their Twitter title doctor. So I have it online, Dr. Terry Gibbons and it's, you know, it's, it's a silly thing, right? As far as I'm concerned, you know, it, the, the silly component of it is that, you know, why wouldn't you want to use doctor? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, um, there's
0: it's it's, ga- it's gaslighting isn't it i mean like yeah, there's yeah. there's nothing strange about doctor like she she's a doctor of education there's there's nothing strange about her using that honorific it's pretty common uh my dad my dad uh did that you know he always called himself dr Palmer like it's and he he never was undercut in this way you know pu- so publicly by the 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 wall street journal so so it did feel like something um but the the response was pretty uh profound as well right That's so yeah,
1: going. yeah. <laughs> um i mean i i posted you know my experiences with that i was on i was at I, you know I, I always remember this one because it was really galling because I, i'm at an event where you know everybody knows who i am pretty much you know i'm terry gibbons a doc professor professor at ut political scientist and you know what and that, so the the host you know called on me and said, oh, Terry, you know, give was, then you know, one of my colleagues who's was a lecturer, not even a, a professor, um, you know, he, and he is a doctorate, but you know, he's not, he, he was, a, anyway, he's like, oh, well, you know, professor so-and-so, it's like, oh, so you're, you're gonna call me Terry, you're gonna call him who's junior <laughs> to me and, right. A white male, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you know you can make the argument, you know, we were more familiar, but it's like right. we don't do that in public, you know. Well, that, I,
0: that's- I, yeah, and I think sometimes it's actually unconscious, you know, which is yeah. not necessarily better, but it is sometimes unconscious. So I think the, no. the like the you know, I think people will undermine, undercut a woman or a you know a person of color without even necessarily thinking about it, and they wouldn't necessarily have the temerity to interrupt or disrespect uh, like a, a white guy. And uh, and I think they, I think even for myself, I, that's part of my, what I've gone through, I think is I'm a little more conscious of some of those instincts that I might have um, that are, you know, the microaggressions, you know, like, whoop. but anyway, so that was, thank you for your response. I think it's an interesting topic. It looks like we, I saw uh, Jen Farthing. Jen, thank you so much for coming. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, there's some activity in there. Uh, it'd be fun to get more doctors' uh, per- perspective on this. Uh, my wife also, uh, who uh, who is a, has a doctorate in inform- information science, uh, Doctor Ro- Doctor Robin Gibbons. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Robin Gibbons.
1: <laughs> there you go. There's
0: your.
3: <laughs>
0: we'll edit we'll it all out. It, it, we'll clean it all up and post. But, uh, but and then and then the vaccinations. Uh, any perspective on that? Uh, you know, I, like I was saying in New York, seeing well, the. Actually,
1: before we go to that, Mike, I wanted to ask Hannah her perspective on this whole oh, doctor sure. thing. Oh, Hannah, can did you hear? Yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> well, no. I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, you know, it's it's why wouldn't you? It's 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 you know you said I I I totally agree with it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what I say is that it's not something that you can just you know add it out of you know it's it's a, it's work it's effort and it it carries uh, well, 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 uh, you that you're a part of a great cause and effort. So yeah, why wouldn't you?
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, we all worked hard for it. I mean, the interesting yeah. thing to me is you know MDS you know historically you know MDS were you know they were physicians. They, they didn't even necessarily have a PhD or a doctorate, you know, and so, um, calling somebody, you know, a physician, it can be a different thing from being a doctor, which goes much farther back in terms of history of yeah. being utilized for academics. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's enough on that.
0: Not to, and then not to mention, uh, <laughs> you know, Dr. J, uh, Doc Gooden, <laughs> uh, you know, there's many, uh, Athletes who get the honorific, Doctor uh, Doc Severinsen, uh, uh, the musician was called Doc. So uh, it is interesting that some people who maybe don't have the formal education are still getting the uh, the honorific. And uh, I don't hear anybody uh, saying that uh, Julius Serving can't refer to himself as uh, as Doctor J. I think he's certainly welcome to at least at least where I come from. And then also, uh, open invite uh, to the first lady elect. Uh, right so uh if, if dr jill biden uh, wants uh wants a platform to to go deep on this uh wednesdays at three uh we'd love to love to get her perspective uh so uh any other any other uh thoughts on the the vaccine though uh was the other thing we were the, the thing that i always wanted to say was more as someone in new york who um, really saw the brunt of uh the impact of the pandemic in the spring i did feel very uh inspired and frankly when i saw the the healthcare worker uh the nurse in new york uh getting her vaccine and she took it like took it like a true new york didn't even flinch you know as she got the the vaccine like that's something that um you know not surprising i think triggered a real emotional uh response in me but i think also in a lot of uh a lot of people who really have been suffering and have been sort of powering through uh this and uh truly the heroes uh of this uh this year, uh, you know the the healthcare workers. So it's nice to see that they are getting the safety that they need to keep the rest of us safe. Um, but any um, any perspective on that? Uh, really, anybody? Uh.
2: Uh, yeah, I I was actually having a conversation with uh, my students exactly about the vaccine and what they feel about it. And so I got mixed kind of you know feelings and, and feedback. And so. A part of our discussion was like okay we want more information and so we can be sure because you know the 50% actually population don't feel comfortable going with the you know for the for the uh, you know
1: vaccine so
2: although the, uh, is,
1: actually it's up to 60% saying they would take the vaccine at least in the oh, surveys.
2: Great. okay all right so uh so this was two weeks ago we had the conversation and, and back then it was 50% and so I, we had a very uh, cozy close conversation and I thought that it was important and to make and because we study information retrieval and I was you know somehow I like to make our topics relevant to what we are doing in class as you know we collaborate as we you know we work in teams so we were we started the conversation uh, with that question and I said that okay what will actually you know, give you the assurance that you feel comfortable. What, what what are your concerns? What are your questions? How would you go about and do, let's say, you have, go to the best search engine, search the database, and how would you go about and extract the information, and how would you use the techniques of filtering, or, you know, what we, I didn't use any, you know, the technical terms when I was in class at all, and use those, so how would you employ those and know the, what to keep and what to throw it in the garbage. So uh, I had an interesting conversation about that and I'm glad to actually hear about the data that you know, it has. And,
1: and, yeah, I think people are becoming more comfortable with the idea as they, I mean, it's funny because I, I see like on social media people, wow, well, you know, they, they purposely had a black woman, you know, in vaccinating a black woman just to, you know. And I'm like, well, yes, of course, they want people to feel you know, good about the fact that we have a vaccine. You know, and uh, why wouldn't they do that? And and then keep in mind, hundreds of thousands of people around the world have taken this vaccine already. They've they've done the studies. You know, they've done the large scale studies, um, and so I think people forget these are not the first people to get the vaccine. They're the first to get the vaccine outside of the study. <laughs> so, and you know, the UK is already vaccinating people and. Uh, you know across Europe it's happening I don't know Willie if if, are you guys seeing the have you guys had your first vaccinations in the Netherlands yet
3: no not yet it is starting in January
1: okay yeah because I saw France
3: planning stuff
1: yeah right so in France I saw an article that they're starting at the last week of December so it'll be you know a couple weeks before they get going so you know it's it's happening in waves and um, you know, I think we're lucky that we're getting it this early. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the UK beat us by a few days, but, mm-hmm. um, we, because we're so far behind in every other way.
0: Yeah. You know, well, and, it's, and it's, it does sound like the, the Moderna vaccine is also likely going to get approval. Uh, and that's more likely the one that will get out to more rural locations. Like you don't need the super freezing that you need with the Pfizer vaccine. So that's more likely going to be the one that's also the one that, um, the Trump administration bought the additional um,
1: hundred million, 100 million uh,
0: which which they chose not to do on the Pfizer vaccine. So that's the one that's probably going to reach the most people uh, in the spring. Uh, but um, yeah, and then just thinking about it from a higher ed perspective, uh, you know, the population who I think will want we collectively, uh, in terms of our seeking out the, the herd immunity, are going to want uh, college aged. Students, uh, in particular, to get the vaccine. So I do think uh, what Hannah was talking about, uh, really, what we're trying to do here is just elevate uh, awareness of how important it is for people to get that vaccine, and then start to talk to the educators who are having the conversations, like the one that that Hannah was describing, uh, to, to you know encourage uh, each other to have those conversations, and uh, and ideally continue to spread the good information and also um, try to encourage vaccination. How do you think that's going to play out on campus, uh, Terry? Any any initial uh, thoughts, you know, what next year might look like in terms of, uh, you know, like we've talked in the past about how, uh, you know, measles vaccines used to be required. They I mean, are. It's still, they still it, are. Yeah, exactly. So like, will this become a requirement uh, for, I think it will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how does that, how do those requirements get is it a
1: well? Basically, you can't enroll unless you can show proof that you were vaccinated. That's how, when I was a graduate student at UCLA. Yeah, you know, they're like either you prove you had, either you get the shot, the vaccination, or you, you show us that you've gotten it in the recently enough in the past, or you don't yeah. register.
0: And that policy, <laughs> that policy would be set at the university probably, level, yeah. probably, yeah. right? You know, unless there's yeah. anything on the like in terms of like federal. Like, what is the FDA saying? What is the, what is the CDC? Really, the CDC might also set standards mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, whatever. But, but anyway, that stuff's just interesting to, to stay on top of, because also it does seem like different campuses are going to be getting different versions of the vaccine is another interesting thing. So there will be some ways to almost A-B test, although both seem to have extremely high um, uh, effectiveness, like the percentage of uh what is, what is that term of art? I don't know. I'm not ai am not an epidemiologist, but they're both like 94, 95. They're getting very good scores. So good yeah. good job. And,
1: yeah. and, and the last thing I would say on this topic is that we're still going to be in masks a year from now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so don't yeah. think the vaccine is going to change things much. But right. I think Hannah has given us an opening to shift to a focus on agile and education. So Hannah, um, if you want to give us kind of a, a overview of what you're doing and how uh agile is impacting uh teaching and, and learning in higher ed
2: sure would love to um so what would i we're talking about this, you know, event during this event, and our event coming up next week, which is, you know, yes. Join uh, us. Looking... You. Can you tell us
1: about that first, so people know that where they can join us for that?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll later on. I'll I'll share the information, registration information. But we are going to have a session on uh, this topic, looking beyond COVID nineteen, rediscovering education, and um, making higher education relevant. So, we are going to be asking, asking hard, tough questions. So, please be there. Terry, really okay. is going to be there and uh, Kelly. And so, please. And so, it's going to be great. It's going to be our last event for Agile and Education USA, powered by Bri- Brighter Higher Ed and Eddie Scrum. So, please be there. Yes. And to talk about Agile teaching and learning, right? And I guess uh, when we were having a discussion, you were asking me, like, just talk about Agile, right? What is Agile? Yes. What is Agile? so you know you ask a shoemaker what is agile they'll tell you that okay agile is all about doing scrum. you know the stand-up meeting all you're going to be doing is standing you know you're going to be on your feet so you need to make sure you have comfortable shoes on you ask a consultant a trainer like me what is agile they'll say oh it's a methodology Uh, you must sign up for our services so you know about the framework and the practices right Mm -hmm. and so you ask a project manager what's agile they'll say oh it's 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 a tool uh and for project management so i think the question what is agile is important but what is not agile is as important so Mm -hmm. i i like to first ask uh, the audience and 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 i don't know whoever so what do you know about agile what is Mm -hmm. agile, right and then maybe Mm -hmm. we can have a conversation and I, I will definitely, I, I would like uh, mm-hmm. Willie, as uh, the founder and creator of Edish Farm, uh to first start us off with this conversation: that like what is agile and how um, agile and education, uh, agility and education, student agility, learning agility. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who would like to like what, what do you know about uh, agile? Uh, uh. If anybody, I don't know if we can see the the chat or because i can't see it i don't know if you're
1: yeah, having, having with the chat so if you have oh the ask a question is working oh, okay. um so Terence is so darcy mentioned in the early years of online many schools had to work on changing that policy when oh i see this is revaccination <laughs> Never mind. I see. Oh, okay i <laughs> vaccination fine. but um uh, in any case, well, I can talk first because I just learned about Agile in the past year. And, you know, what's really interesting to me is, you know, I was the provost of a business college and, you know, business is where Agile really got its foothold. So f- for those of you who don't know, I mean, it was something that software engineers started out using to be more innovative and make decisions more quickly, but transparently and, you know, across different groups and so on. And so, but, you know, I think Willie and Hi, you guys can talk more about how it got pulled into education. It, But it just surprises me as, you know, business, since business is where it started from, I didn't learn about it until after I left my college, you know, and that we don't talk about it in business colleges more broadly, like, but this is so typical, you know, for a business college, um, you know, and yet we aren't using the techniques and, you know, marketing and things, a little bit we did, but, you know, almost we see business and and higher ed as two distinctly separate things and higher ed has to do things a particular way and that's what what always struck me is that um you know why wouldn't we use these techniques because you know we have to function you know we have to do a lot of the same things that people in business we all i mean obviously we have to do the same things that people in business do so i never really understood why we had that disconnect um but you know, obviously people like you are, are starting to bring it in. And, and what surprises me is that, you know, it, it is starting to catch fire, right? I, I do see this spreading across the country and more and more people doing it, but the, it's just surprising to me that it's not happening more quickly. Um, well, you know, what
2: I, I think is that it has to do, it's something that, you know, the, the, the way we do things, often mm-hmm. become a part of our own reality right mm-hmm. it's the way we we live our lives and so we don't uh you know uh, we do not question the way we do things not not as often that's i think we should in fact we think that it's the only way to do things right mm-hmm. so but the way we work mm-hmm. the way we work reflects a certain mindset mm-hmm. Reflexes are in mind. And so there are a lot of organizations uh, that we hear about who want to improve their product delivery by agile practices, right? They rename the project manager to Scrum Master. They start writing as, you know, they start user stories, implement Scrum. These are all great, great. But I, 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 I my personal opinion is that I don't think they're going to see. I don't think it's going to help them reach the higher level of productivity, um, you know, uh, to get the real benefit of Agile unless uh, the team, unless we address the mindset, mm-hmm. unless we address the mindset. So I think we have to take a look at uh, the hard reality of how your teams, how your 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 you know, teams work together.
1: Yeah. Okay. What? So, yeah, I just wanted to mention because one of the things that I learned even bef- about even before Agile and something we did do more readily when I was in at Menlo College was um, design thinking, and you know so the kind of the there's a lot of cross pollination between design thinking and, and you know Stanford has their D school the, and that's kind of where that came from, and you know Agile is you know using Post-it notes and trying to be creative and and you know really to me it seems like a lot of it revolves around you know, improving creativity um, and that I think that's part of the mindset you're talking about is having a more innovative and creative mindset. Is, is, would you say that that's a big part of it or? Um, Willie, would you
2: like to?
3: Yeah, yeah. What what I hear about this stuff, we, we talk about agile, agile mindset and uh, mindset. I just think the most important thing is to to grow to uh, edge on mindset and that is the biggest and the hardest point and uh, i think all the educational stuff or how we are educated we are educated in old structured fixed system and curriculum we are stick to our uh old school systems and yeah. on, on, on all levels and that is the biggest the biggest impediment the i think the impediment is not by the people but we have to stick to our fixed rules we are in these boxes mm-hmm. and to think out of the box you have to create chaos and when you have to create chaos you uh, with in mind your curriculum in mind you have always take care of your curriculum but create chaos and dare to trust your students dare and give trust to your students and take time to create trust and a safe environment and let them make failures and let them learn from failures so a lot of things for me personally, but also what I see with my classrooms for the students, I give them trust to my students, but I have to earn trust that the students trust me. Mm-hmm. And that takes for me always to create a safe environment in my classroom. And I think that is the starting point. And when you go for uh, uh, <clears throat> doing a, a course for Scrum or whatever or other Scrum, it, it is nice, but only when you put sticky notes from left to right, from bottom to from from bottom to the to the top end. That is not. That is only do a trick, and you have to do. You have to not do agile, but be agile. And be ch- be agile is also a way of living. Right. A, a way of living is how do you deal with this kind of stuff. You see it. I talk now in the Netherlands and also in the in the Germany and Belgium. What happens here is the COVID stuff. COVID what happens in starting in March the school goes in the lockdown okay and uh, we go the teachers were stressed to go in the online uh, way of teaching and uh, there was a lot of stress also for the students less for the students but more for the teachers and then there was a <laughs> summer vacation after the summer vacation everybody's coming back to the schools Everything was back to normal and there was no plan b now, now happens again, the lockdown since this week, there is no plan B. No, there's no plan B because and and that is I cannot understand this. why there is no plan B by simple people like me and we cannot can, must deliver on some. I don't know, I, I don't I don't understand why, why there's no plan B that we have. OK, we do it on we do it. Sorry, we do it in person. Uh, old way of teaching, but we have a plan when it is going out. or even when we when we want to to spread it, do half of the class online, half of the class offline or okay. do it online. and the people the students who need really in person give them special attention. Mm-hmm. okay, do this in this way. So you spread the word and also when you do this in an online course and you give them uh, a big assignment and they can do it in their own pace. Say, say, I will, I know for sure, say, will, I, I know also experience it. Say, will it become faster, say faster, deliver their own work because they are the owners, they go for it. And about motivation, there is no problems with motivation because you give them ownership and you give them more creativity. And uh, it is not only about creativity, critical thinking, what is very important, collaboration, communication, but give them a free freedom of choice, give them choice and Take care for your students when yeah. you are the best teachers in the world, when the, when you are the best intelligent doctor or whatever in the world. And when you don't have care for your clients or students or patients, you're not a good doctor. Sorry, that right. is maybe extremely what I say now, but yeah. you must teach with your heart. You must, And not only teaching, but do your work with your heart.
0: Yeah, especially this year too. You know, this is a year where I think we've all been really pushed in ways that none of us really expected, and yeah. to be uh understanding the human first. Uh and then uh what I was really picking up on there from you, Willie, is is the the need to be uh more responsive and iterative in your planning. And a lot of the planning uh cycles that we've thought of historically uh in higher ed and in K-12, at least in the US, is uh is more at least on an academic calendar. Uh and then also frequently it's you know, give me a 18-month to three-year strategic plan, and that's what we're going to budget against. Yeah. Juxtapose that with what Agile's saying, which is, you know, Agile really came, you know, the original founding of Agile came out of uh, the lean process, you know, at Toyota, which was about trying to be very efficient with your work and rather than think of it as a, an entire process, you know, get down to very small cycle times and, and figure out the... The ways to measure your uh, effectiveness, like it feels like that planning window needs to be recalibrated. We had a similar co- we've had conversations on this this uh, this webinar as well, Ladcast. Sorry, Terry. Uh, over the years, over the weeks, it feels like years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had a lot of conversations about like I'm always curious, like how far out is your strategic planning right now? And a lot of folks are, are saying like no more than say like three to six months on the long side. And like to me, that that means everybody in higher ed is going to be moving towards frameworks like mindsets like Agile because it's it's designed to respond to the chaos that you are also putting putting out there. Uh right. does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it certainly does to me. I mean, the the I, I wanted to note Tina's comment that um, UT has been using the the uh, agile curriculum management for the last couple of years in their B school, and you know that's something I would love to see more of because yes, we you know I have a son who's I have a one in college and one in, in high school, and you know for the high school son, what Willie's talking about, he would have loved to have some options. Okay, you know for this assignment, you can do it this way. You know, why aren't we giving students more options? You know, the you know project manage you know project design. You know, or or, or I'm forgetting project-based learning. Project-based project learning. learning. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, project-based learning is so it, it's relatively simple. It, it it just takes a little extra work on the part of the the faculty member. But if we really care about our student success and and students' ability to do things it's like give students option, if they don't do yeah. well, taking a sit down test when they don't have the structure of the classroom, give them something else to do. I mean, I loved yeah. one project my son had, which was, you know, his for instead of taking a final in a history class, his teacher said put together, you know, basically a presentation on, uh, and he didn't have to actually do a presentation, but, you know, some uh, on uh, diversity because they had talked, they read a lot of books about diversity and equity and inclusion. And it was great because you know he was able to go and find pictures and and things to connect to, and you know it was perfect for him. And, and you know other kids probably needed something different. But you know we are so structured and so focused <coughs> on you know this idea that this is you know we stand in front of a room and lecture, and that's what we've. That's why you know at the agile, has, and I know we've talked about this in the context of agile, um, but. You know, it's anyway, I could talk about this a lot, but Hana, I mean, we have a question about, you know, how does Agile, um, you know, connect to how do you apply Agile practices to learning and instructional design?
2: Um, sure. Thank you for the question. What I can tell you is that Agile teaching and learning manifesto. Mm-hmm. Um, if we yes if we take it it's 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 similar to agile manifesto software development but we do have agile manifesto uh, which actually the willy really is one of the founders of agile in education so what i can focus on some of those um you know elements in the agile manifesto and how we can bring about into our lesson plans and it is very, Uh, Doable and it's very it's been very successful with at least me, my students, my courses. Okay. And so the easiest I think the it's a topic that I can also again talk about all day, but I've employed project based learning. I've employed experiential learning and Mm -hmm. I've employed uh, query based learning. It's a combination of all those three learning. Um, I guess you know to, to tools and techniques that I have employed, and so the the agile principles, the twelve uh, core values, and and twelve principles, they are also embedded in the agile teaching and learning uh, manifesto. Okay, so um, I don't know if that answered your question, but we have uh, um, you know framework we can you I implemented Scrum in my classes. I've implemented now I mostly majority of my courses I've implemented edu scrum, but I've also implemented scrum as it is, and it's been very successful and it's project based learning and so it's it's very actually aligned with the real world I teach in higher education I gotta make my topics relevant because. What I focus on when I you know is the student engagement and student retention and I find it very, I think you know my students engage and it's easier to you know bring them into co- collaboration is when I make the topics and the projects relevant so my students work on real world, um, you know uh, uh, pro- projects and and problems and, and scenarios so. Uh, we can pretty much uh, you know align the tools and the techniques uh,
1: and, 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 and in the classroom. Exactly. But so I, basically I'll go ahead Willie.
3: So, so uh, Hannah, you, you, uh, you talk about engagement, but uh, I know the answer, but I, I, I give you the question. Why are your students engaged? It is not for the tools. It is not about the tools. It is about you. It is about when you teach with passion, when you bring something with passion and you bring them bring them into the world and they bring the world into the classroom or uh, university or whatever. But you are the teacher who talks with passion and that's, they, will, they feel engaged. You take care for them.
2: Uh, that's a compliment. Thank you so much, Willie. No, that uh, is not But, but, I, but I, will, I will admit on the air that I'm a terrible adult. You know, i terrible at agile practices, but I think I've got an agile mindset. So I yeah. certainly do not focus on the practices. No, it's the other way yeah. around. Yeah, that's I. Really I, I yeah, I take I, I take a look at my students' needs. Every class is different. Every student has different needs, so I go yeah. by that, right? And then I bring in the practices, the best oh, the best practices yeah. of agile, and then I can I can, because uh, what's the purpose? We're creating a student-centered learning environment. And so mm-hmm. it has to be, I think, that way. You look at your students first, you look at your students' need first, and then you leverage uh, yep. the Agile techniques, tools and techniques, and, yep. and, it's, and that's when it's actually happened. And, and, and that's why I probably see the results that I have. I have my case studies and it shows the 32% increase in student engagement and student retention from the traditional methods that we, when we transition from traditional methods to Agile teaching and learning, and it has actually increased.
3: But Hannah, Dana, you when you do this, what you are doing, and uh, you must you must have guts to lose. I do it exactly to lose time without teaching. You don't start with teaching. You start with caring, and then the rest is coming up. That's the next step.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um. Actually, this morning I shared a. Of uh, um this heartwarming note from one of my students she took two courses with me. I teach uh supply chain management uh graduate courses, so she took two of them as a concentration that she and so what we is saying actually to how we implementing agile in the classroom it's actually hard work and especially at the beginning of the semester. It's very hard when you are, uh, you know, bringing the minds, agile mindset. And, and so first, you actually have to give them a chance to unlearn the old ways of doing, you know, teaching and learning and then learn. And so that's what Willie really is referring to. So I do have to work really hard, uh, you know, with the students bringing the agile, uh, bringing in the agile mindset, the benefits. and And, and so it's it's a process. And uh, it's a very—you um, will have to have open conversation to be able to create a safe environment where your students will actually feel, you know, uh, to take part in the conversation. And 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 then then. So um, I I this this heartwarming note I, I shared with Willie was that the students said that you know at the beginning when when you said that we will have to work um you know uh, in 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 groups throughout the semester everything that we were going to be doing like the projects and 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 its group assignments i i thought that it it would never be possible right and they were mm-hmm. hesitant they were uh, reluctant and there were a lot of rigidness but then um she said that but then later on uh you know uh, it was a great experience that how we came about, and we actually were we, we were able to see the benefits of working in collaboration and the benefits of being a part where the teaching style is not sage on the stage, but a guide on the side, mm-hmm. and 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 peer, you know, peer from the rear. So the, these are the type of actually feedback we get. Yeah, of course you will face uh, rigidness and and concerns at the beginning when you are, you know, but then uh towards the end they will come and they'll actually you know uh it's just great to nothing makes me actually happier to see my students evolve and become a better learner and better problem solver so
1: right, right. so i mean i'm curious what you guys think are some of the best ways to get started with this i mean i think project it seems like you know, first of all is to have passion and wanting to you know care for your students, but also, you know, it seems like the tools aren't really the important thing. It, it seems like just having the mindset is the most important thing. So what are some of the first steps if somebody wants to get started with this? Uh, Terry? I can
2: speak from my experience.
1: Yes, thank you. That um, would be
2: wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my students, my students, me and my students, I'll just give you briefly, you know, um, of what, how, why I adopted Agile is we're actually struggling. We were struggling because this was, this is a particular program I'm gonna refer to, two courses I'm gonna, you know, talk about. We had, um, you know, launched, you know, offered these two courses as a trial basis, just to see how it goes. Because we I, we teach MBA, um, you know, these are MBA courses and we offer this um, data mining and marketing analytics two courses that, you know, our student did not have the math proficiency at yet and did not have the technical background yet. So we were really, you know, to just see that, okay, we're going to see how it goes, right? So um, I was assigned those two courses. And then when I meet with my students and I was using traditional approach and my students actually were not able to complete work on time, and there's lack of motivation, their absentees and, and all. And I was extremely, extremely concerned, right? And I knew that my students were um, you know, extremely enthusiastic. And I see that they're eager to learn. They're very much into the topic and they want to learn. And I'm here feeling helpless. But fortunately, I knew about Agile. Right. I studied and in, in, during my master's program, I, I had studied it. I knew about Agile and I knew, uh, you know, that, you know, there that the, at that time I thought of Agile because, you know, what could be a better way to take on a complex project mm-hmm. than Agile. So and, and just like that, I had decided to just like, you know what, let me give it a try and see how it goes. And so I walked into the classroom, I wrote Scrum on the board and I said that, hey, guys, Let's do scrum, you know, without you know explaining what it is and then all. So we did a daily scrum, and right away, I actually you know saw the boost in the energy level uh, among my students. So
1: can you explain what scrum scrum. like?
2: I I will sure. So I I I just want to say one thing that the very first session that when we implemented agile my students were able to complete work on time when they worked together, you know, as a team. And they're able to complete work on time. And so, and that was it. And I I we never looked back. So from that day on, throughout the semester till today, I use agile. So I think it has to come from inside. You know, it's not the question about, you know, I want to do agile. Why do you want to do agile? Why do you want to implement the methods? Why? So it has to come from inside you need to know what your needs are so the big question we are big on you know why <laughs> you know, define the why know why you want to do it so i think it has to uh, you know come from heroes from inside so.
1: mm-hmm. and the, before you describe a scrum you know i just want to mention you know, that's really imp- an important point that it has to you have to have a, a reason For wanting to do it, it can't just be, you know, because I think a lot of times, you know, these fads come in and, and, you know, oh, yeah, we want to do this because it's the latest thing. I think you have to have a reason for, for wanting to do it. And yeah, I think the reason right now is we're in a time when we need to be able to move quickly, we need to be able to change curriculum, we need to be able to, you know, change our mode of teaching. And so, to me, that's really an important understanding of why agile is useful. It's because you have to be able to move quickly, right? Uh, yes,
2: absolutely. We are living in the VUCA world,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we must prepare our students so they can take part in the VUCA world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so it's it's it's. And I couldn't emphasize this enough that how important it is that we prepare our students so they can embrace uncertainty. They have mm-hmm. the necessary skills, the learning skills, and they have the, you know, so they can take part in the VUCA world. So yeah, of course, that's, that's, that's definitely I cool. Yeah.
1: And explain what VUCA is for those who don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the volatile, it's a VUCA world, it's a multi-term.
1: <laughs> Great. Oh, Willie, we can't hear you, you're muted.
3: Yes, yeah. So you say, Hannah Indeed, we live in a VUCA world. We have now the Corona uh, problems. We are really in VUCA world, and you know the old system of, of the system of education was still from the past century, from the, the industrial revolution. And when in that time we uh, you you do your study, you do your job for the rest of your life, and it was fixed. Now we educate the students for. In the education, in the, in the universities, or whatever educational stuff. And in five years, there will be no job anymore. But how you, do you deal with this kind of changing? And embrace, let give the students the, 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 the empowerment of being themselves and what are the, their qualities. So when they know who they are and they empower themselves, and when you give time to empower them, so they can do every job of every study, what they want to do.
1: Right. And, and I want to come back to the, the question um, about how the the techniques translate to the classroom. I mean, basically, you know, I want to come back to the issue of Scrum. But it's basically project-based learning is a, a real fundamental component of it. So student, you give students projects and that they work on them. And rather than you standing in front of the classroom you know, lecturing—they actually learn through doing. So that's kind of the key component. And so some people are already doing elements of this, and I don't think they realize it because they are. You know, I think project-based learning is becoming more in vogue. And that I know that in my business college, you know, a lot of the work we did was, you know, group-based project learn, you know, based learning. Um, but if you know, if you want to talk a little bit about what a Scrum looks like, Hana. Um, maybe that can help people understand a little better.
2: Um, sure, uh, well, um, I can I can talk about Scrum, how to
1: um, implement it in the classroom, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Is what does it, I mean, I wanna know from a practical perspective if I'm sitting in the classroom and I'm a student, what does a Scrum look like?
2: <laughs> right, uh, we can also talk about Edu Scrum how to right. Willie's here, how to implement Agile scrum in the classroom. And I think one of the first steps we do is actually to have a conversation about the agile mindset. That's one of the right. first steps that we do. Right. And then the components and the elements of whether edu scrum and scrum, those are rests are, you know, uh, followed by steps. So um, one of the, I think, uh, <coughs> what, the, what is different and then uh, from the traditional way of teaching is students work in teams, mm-hmm. right? Student works in teams because you know it's all about team management and team development, whether Scrum or it is Scrum. So that's one of the, I think, uh, different is students will work in teams and they will work in teams throughout the semester. And there's some uh, wisdom and great uh, you know, uh, practices and, and, and advice for a reason for that why would students work in collaboration within the same team member, with the same team members throughout the semester. So, um, and yeah, so it's a very simple uh, actually uh, process. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's not process, but it's very simple. It's not scrum or edit scrum itself. It's not that difficult to understand, right? But it is, um, uh where the struggle is actually stuck in the mindset you know if you are able to address the mindset then implementing a framework and practices agile practices become way i think easier but um i don't know if willie would like to advise on how to go about yeah. it <laughs> I more fully, more I think.
3: yeah i fully agree what you say uh, uh hannah and uh this this crumb of other scrum is we use the same framework we use the same uh, structure and this kind of stuff and uh about teamwork and about the why we why they have to work in teams i that is one of the things i explained to the students why they have to work in teams that is one secondly we give them a lot of freedom freedom of choice uh within the curriculum borders and what i discovered the last last years what when you did open project with, with students, <coughs> I asked them, I did it in two ways. Open project means that they can learn whatever they want, whatever. The other way is also a kind of an open project, but it is fixed in my my uh, chemistry uh, curriculum because I'm a chemistry teacher. So I have to stick to the curriculum of chemistry. So, um, But also when you s- stick to the curriculum of chemistry, you can give them an open choice. And when you ask the students uh, their own story of their own, I call it, their own uh, thinking of creativity about some topics, about chemistry, really, and it is not a, not a joke, it is really worth, when you ask them about a, a topic, about in the environment, they blow me away. They are so creative. And when they give, when you give them the freedom you have even, say, say, come up with a lot of ideas, a lot of criteria But well, I learn from it. When I ask <coughs> my students, for instance, uh, you have to, to, you have to, uh, to come up, up with an idea uh, about and it must be related with chemistry. So students come up with, uh, we want to know the chemistry of love, what's happening in your body when you are in love. Hmm. This is my first that were students of 15 16 years old uh they are the first year of chemistry they okay worked it out
0: they but, uh, they, they meant something totally different uh, when it comes to chemistry sorry yeah. I'm, not, I'm back but i had to i had to i had to add that uh, <laughs> the baby's under control but uh, but please
3: continue but <laughs> this, this chemistry your whole body is uh, you you are crazy when you are in love so yeah. <laughs> but how this happened and what they did? They did a performance, and not only this 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 team as an example. Uh, really, uh, 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 they <coughs> they come up with formulas with chemical reactions, and it was not it was not on the curriculum of this uh, of this first year. This was uh, high end uh, chemistry for exam classes. Was also beginning of the university chemistry stuff. So that is, they blow me away with this kind of stuff because, but it was their interest. It was their intrinsic motivation. And I only say, I want to know what kind of formulas there are in it and how do the, the, the chemicals react to each other. And even when they ask me, I, I, I must say, I don't know, but they teach me. Mm-hmm. So ask the question. That is a, when when you have to stick to the curriculum. But when you give them an open project, they come up with their mind. I ask them, yeah. simple, what do, you, what do you do with an ID? Yeah. What? Work it out in your way. Yeah, I have a, qu- question,
0: then, I have a quick question, too. Because uh, it does seem like there's a, an added benefit to doing the type of work that will likely be employable on the other side in your educational experience. So like, if you learn Scrum, you learn how to work on a team, you learn the project-based learning, you learn the ability to work in ambiguous or chaotic or VUCA environments. Uh, the reality is those are, that's kind of the truth of a lot of our professional lives these days in terms of our careers, you know? Uh, can can you maybe, Hannah, can you talk to that? Like at uh, the benefit of, of this in terms of understanding what might be an employable skill uh, after, after higher ed,
2: sure. Uh, like I was actually were giving. I was talking about it that how my students they work on real world scenario, like problem, and and, and so, and we what we do is we we're um, the agile uh, frameworks. I use both of them, Scrum and Agile Scrum simultaneously, both of them, and I think. Um, Again, I'm I'm uh, I'm not focusing on the tools. I don't want to. But the thing is, we must prepare our students so they can take part in the local world and they can embrace uncertainty. And why am I saying that? Is because um, over seventy five percent college graduate in the USA, they you know they there's um, they go back they go back to. Uh, you know, uh, for additional training so they can, you know, find a in a job and fit in. So that's something uh, that's worrisome. I We mm-hmm. definitely, as an educator, I don't want to be part of that. I don't. And I wanted to, I want, this is something what I, you know, I, what inspired me to actually um, adopt project-based learning, because that's where I'm actually giving my students the benefit Mm-hmm. Of what they want to learn, what they want to focus yeah. on, what skills they are interested in, and they think that that will benefit them from whatever, wherever, like, which industry, which job, whatever they want. Makes to get a lot of, a lot of so, sense.
0: I know so, we're close to time, too. Like We have about three minutes left. So uh, are there any last questions uh, in there, Terry, that we did want to try to answer in the Q&A? I think,
1: no, I think we got to most of them. Awesome. And I, but I just want to make sure Hamla has time to talk about the event next week okay
2: yeah sure i just wanted to remind you that we're going to have a great you know again we're going to continue this conversation where we're going to yes. talk about how to uh why make higher education relevant and we're going to add to some of these questions tough questions like you know um like uh, mike was asking that how do we make higher education relevant and you know more employable skills right how do we embed those and what can we do with curriculum and as ag- a and way of teaching and learning. So, and the topic of our discussion next week is looking beyond uh, COVID-19, rediscovering higher education, um, education and uh, making higher education, education uh, relevant. It's on December 21st at 1 um, at, 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 at p.m and Terry Givenstone is going to be there. Mike, you're welcome to be, join us. And uh, Willie Winans is also, of course, uh, is going to be there. And uh looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Any any final um, parting thoughts, Willie? Uh, at, you know, we haven't had anyone from uh, from the Netherlands on uh, one of these live casts so, so far, so thank you for being a pioneer on that front. But, uh, but any other uh, closing thoughts from you?
3: No way! I like this open discussion. I wasn't prepared for this, and that I love the the um, I love this kind of open, open discussions. Agile, so, uh,
1: really?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love it. I love. I go- yeah, I, I,
0: I. And you only—that's only what you saw on camera, you know. So, so who knows how agile and how VUCA things got in my, in my apartment here? But that's a whole other story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for for joining.
1: Yes.
3: Thank you. Thank, Thank you too, Mike us. and Terry and Hannah. Also. Yeah, yeah, make Thank sure you, you
1: follow much. Hannah and Willie on LinkedIn. Um, they post a lot of in- interesting stuff there about Agile. And you can follow me and Mike too. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, yeah thanks, yeah, everyone. Thanks. thanks, everyone, for joining too. We had a good run, right, Terry? Uh, right up yes. through. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the end of the year, however you celebrate or close out your year. It's a good year to reflect. We're, we are planning to be back in January. January 6th, right, is the next. Yes. Yes, Circa, circle circle it on your calendars, up. and then we'll be picking up in the new year. But uh, heck, of, heck of a run. <laughs>
1: heck of a run. Indeed. Yeah, join us for a discussion on online learning on January hey,
3: 6th. Thank you. Hey. Nice. Well,
1: thank you very much. Thank you care. so much. Bye
2: bye. Stay safe. Bye Stay
3: healthy. bye. bye.